Welcome back to another episode of Crunch Time. I'm Mikey. Unfortunately, my co-host Sam cannot make it today. He's a little bit under the weather, but I'm joined by a special guest. Please welcome my man, Asher. How you doing? I'm good, dude. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. For those of you guys who do not know, Asher runs an Instagram page, Memphis.Grizz. So make sure to check him out on Instagram. He's got almost 28,000 followers, posting awesome Grizzlies content for all of you guys out there. All right, so the NBA playoffs, we're back in the full swing. Round one is almost done. Most of the series have been wrapped up. We've had some great action so far. You're obviously a Grizzlies fan, so I got to ask you about the Grizzlies first. Before we jump into the playoffs for the Grizzlies, I mean, what has this jump been like for you to watch? I mean, your team, you guys were about, what was it, like a 500 team last year around? Uh, yes, right around 500. Right around 500, and now – you guys have taken it to a total different level. I mean, John ja Morant wins most improved. This guy's on a new planet. So how fun has it been to watch? Because I'm a Knicks fan, and last year the jump was crazy, and now we're back to reality. But how is that like for you guys? Um, I, I would say that it is honestly one of the craziest jumps I've seen from a season to the next uh, in my time of watching sports in general. Um, even in the beginning of the season, they started 9-10, and 10. So it seemed like we were going to be like following that same path, you know, maybe sneak in the play in, maybe get the 500 right over. But um, since then, we've gone like 40 and 16. And it's been such a crazy ride. Honestly, the city is buzzing like I've never seen it before. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I think one of the best parts about the Grizzlies is a lot of homegrown young talent. I mean, oh, yes. At one point, it seemed like the super team era would kind of take over the league, but Funny enough, there hasn't been much success really lately with super teams. Katie and Kyrie teaming up. I mean, they just got bounced out in the first round. If you look at some of the top teams, like say the Celtics right now, they drafted Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. You look at the Bucks; they drafted Chris Middleton and Giannis. I mean, what do you think the future holds for the Grizzlies? I know that maybe – I mean, they could win it all this year. I'm not saying they will because they are a little young, but in the future, like what do you think the team's potential is? The future, um, in the future, I definitely see their potential being uh, NBA Finals champions. Yes, um, I see. I see world all stars. Honestly, like all around the roster. Obviously, John Morant, all star starter. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has all star potential. I believe Desmond Bain is maybe right under that criteria. Um, definitely, if you keep that team together, like you, like you said, the Celtics have. And they're the two seed now, and they're going on to the semifinals. I believe if you keep this team together, they can absolutely be finals champions and have multiple finals appearances in the future. Yeah, I definitely see that. I also think their coaching staff is pretty strong. I think the chemistry that they built, and like you said, the city's buzzing. I think the culture is really important for a team like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um I've been, like I said, I've been watching them since I was 10 years old. I've ran the fan page for years and I've just, I've never seen growth in a fan base or like the social media aspect or anything like I've seen this season. Yeah, it's pretty dope to watch. I mean, we can jump right into this series with the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. I think it's one of the most interesting, to say the least, series. I mean, you have this Timberwolves team led by Patrick Beverly. I mean, I, yeah, obviously he's not their best player, but he's like, he's yeah. their guy that kind of speaks for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the way they celebrated after that play and when you thought that they would have won the NBA finals. So like you have this fired up 
annoying Patrick Beverly against like the young Grizzlies. And as we're recording this, not sure when this is going to get posted, but the Grizz are up 3-2. I mean, what is your take on this series so far? Because I think it's been a lot of fun. Um, my take is, as a Grizzlies fan, even being up 3-2, I'm not – Super. I'm not. I'm not super confident. Um, this series honestly could have been three-one in the Grizzlies' favor, or it could have been three-one in the Timberwolves' favor. The Timberwolves blew the 26-point lead in Game Three, and then they blew a double-digit lead in Game Five, which took a miracle and John Morant going uh, to the most like superstar level just to come back. Um, and we go back to Minnesota, where. Honestly, their crowd and their home court is such an advantage for them. It is, it, it's unreal. Like they haven't had playoff series in years, and I just, I believe, I believe it's going to go seven. To be completely honest with you, I don't think that we'll win in Minnesota. I hope we do, but I honestly believe that the series will go seven. And I assume you're gonna, you, you're picking the Grizz in Game Seven. Yeah, I think having a series in Memphis would. Having Game Seven in Memphis would absolutely be a huge advantage for the Grizzlies. Yes, so yeah, I agree. I think also one of the X factors for this series is the play of Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he's been very erratic. He'll have a thirty-point game and then he'll foul out with eleven points. I feel like he's been very inconsistent. I know it's his first real playoff experience. Like a player like that, he really hasn't played much in the playoffs recently, and I know he's still meshing with some of his teammates. I guess, but. I think if he can play well, especially at home with the Timberwolves, I think the Grizzlies might be in trouble. But at the same time, the Grizzlies, they have the guys to shut him down. They've done it before. I think it's just very interesting how that kind of plays out. Yeah, so one of the things um, of watching this series was clearly when Carl Anthony Towns goes off and he has a good game, they're, they're more than likely winning the game. But they have D'Angelo Russell, who – this entire series has only had one game where he scored over 12 points. And they put Dylan Brooks on D'Lo for the first four games of the series. And then this last game, they put Dylan Brooks on Carl Anthony Downs. And so basically said, okay, well, we'll give D'Lo the ball. And just like, as long as Cat's shut down or Cat doesn't have like, you know, his huge game, then we're going to get this win. And um, I do believe that Cat is absolutely the X factor for the Timberwolves. Um, after the last game, Ant, Ant to the media said, there's a uh, cat wants the ball. I want the ball. Dilo wants the ball, but there's only one ball. So it's kind of, you know, and that's really what it is for them. It's like, you can tell that cat wants the ball and he wants to go to the paint. And you can tell that Anthony Edwards wants the ball and he's going to ISO. It's, you know, I do believe that cat though is the X factor. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, they have these two guys at very different play styles. I mean, one's a big guy who can shoot the lights out of the ball, give him credit for that. And then one is Anthony Edwards, who's a freak athlete, can take it to the can take it to the hole. But like they're both very ball dominant at times. And I think especially down the stretch, that's been a liability sometimes because you have one guy who wants a ball, one guy who doesn't. Then you have the guy in the corner. I mean, D'Angelo Russell has been ice cold recently. So I think that the Timberwolves are in a little complex situation, especially in the late minutes of the game. Like who do you give the ball to if you're like, what play do you design? Because they have a lot of options, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. And um, in, in the last game, it seemed like Cat had the hot hand in game, in game five. And then they went to Anthony Edwards for the final shot in the corner. And obviously he hit the clutch shot, but uh, 
it is a surprise to see them go to Ant in year two rather than like their you know franchise superstar who's been kind of on a little hot streak the last few games. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that it is a. I think it'll kind of be an issue probably at some point going forward for the Timberwolves because I just can't see it working with both of them being as ball dominant as they are. Like especially Anthony Edwards, if he's not, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's not. Uh, he's not that efficient. Yeah, and Cat's name has been in the trade rumors for the past couple yeah. of years now. I know that, like, you know, he signed the big deal and everything like that, and people know that he, like, he wants to win, obviously. But at the same time, if his play style can't work with Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards is younger at the end of the day and is playing a really great brand of basketball. If they could get him with, like, really good point guard that can facilitate for him, and all that. I mean, it would be a shame to lose Cat, but at the same time, if you're the Timberwolves, and you're, you're going to get a really good return for Cat, and it's not working with Anthony Edwards. Why? Why would you limit Anthony Edwards' potential? Just let him be the number one guy. I think in two years, like he can be a number one guy, MVP contention, all that. Like I think that's the route they go if this doesn't work out. Yeah, I I, I believe that Anthony Edwards is going to be one of those generational scorers. I think that he is a he can he can get to the bucket so easy, and anytime he gets space, he is a he is a really good shooter. I I can't see them obviously picking Cat over and, but at the same time, I do think that they will eventually ship off Cat in the next like year or two. Yeah, I think it just all depends on the type of options that they have as a franchise, what they think is the best economic investment for them. Because at the end of the day, Anthony Edwards is going to get a payday eventually. Like he's going to get one of those big Supermax extensions off his rookie deal. At least that's my opinion. So, yeah. And he's already so young and he's going to be like that guy for them. He's going to be the franchise guy. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I believe that uh, – I just believe that in this series, it's definitely Cat's, you know, Cat's time. It's definitely Cat's, you know, series, his redemption time. But uh, I think that the Grizzlies win in seven. I think that – I think Cat has a good game next game. Um, I think he's going to come out with, like, a real big sense of urgency, knowing, like, you know, I don't get to the – this is the second time I've been to the playoffs in my career. This is an elimination game. I think he's going to come out hard. Yeah, I agree. I think he has – no choice but to. I mean, they're down 3-2. It's an elimination game for them. The pressure's on them. They're home, so they've got the fans behind also, them. They've, yeah. It was announced uh, about an hour ago that Steven Adams is out. He hasn't played that much in the series, but he got uh, health and safety. He's going to be out for this next game. That's interesting now. You wonder, like, if he tests positive, I mean, I don't. did he test positive? Like, have they announced that? Uh, I don't believe they've announced that. They just said he entered health and safety, so he'll be All out right. for a game. Okay. Because if he – that's just interesting because like, if he tests positive and then he spreads it to the, some other guys in the Grizz, like they're toast. <laughs> yeah, but, no, it would be yeah. uh, be a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of jumping into some other series, I mean, let's go to the Eastern Conference. We had two pretty much blowouts of series. One – I expected a lot more than the other. Miami Heat, they won 4-1 against the Hawks. Ice Trey, my nemesis as a Knicks fan, can't stand yeah. him. Totally shut down by that Miami Heat defense. I mean, they're the way they just defended the Hawks is just remarkable. I mean, I think one of the things, Jimmy Butler just really stepped up. Like, he's one of those guys that some nights he'll be great, 
some nights he'll be good. And then just he knows when to really turn it on, especially in yeah. these high-pressure games. He did it in the bubble. I mean, what did you see from that Miami Heat team? Because I think they can make a deep run. Um, well, to go off you, I, I also believe that they can make a deep run. I I can't see them not making the East Finals, honestly. Um, their defense is insane. You know, Bam Adebayo, like you said, Jimmy Butler. Victor Oladipo is playing probably the best basketball he's played in like two or three years. Um, they're a great defensive team. And I saw that Trey Young had the second most points per game decrease from one playoffs to the next. And he went from like 28 points per game to 11. And that's just credit to the Heat's defense more than it is Trey having a, you know, a bad series or a bad game or that's, that's heat defense and heat culture. I, they're an amazing defensive team. It's going to be really interesting to see how they match up with uh, Philly now. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. You know, Joel Embiid's one of the best players in the league. Bam Adebayo is a great defender. I almost wonder, can Bam – like, this is Bam's biggest test now. Joel Embiid gets to the free throw line a lot, too. He is a little bit of a free throw merchant. I think that it's a big test for Bam Adebayo because if Bam gets in foul trouble, I think that's a real problem for the Heat because – I don't know if the Heat have a, a you know a big man off the bench that can really guard and beat, especially late yeah. in the game. I was wondering the same. I was uh, I couldn't think of like the Heat's backup center if I was thinking about it. I think I think also for the Heat that series it's going to come down to some of their role players as well. I think Tyler Hero is going to have to step up. Duncan Robinson who had a very disappointing season, but he had some good games oh, yeah. in this series. He's going to have to shoot the lights out of the ball because we know. That especially with the emergence of Tyrese Maxey, the Sixers are a really good offensive team. So, yes, you're going to have to play good defense, but you're going to have to match them on the offense because you know the Sixers are going to shoot, they're going to get to the rim, and they're going to get to the line. That's the most important thing because Joel Embiid and James Harden, the two of them, like they live at the free throw line. Like Let's call it what it is. So if you're the Miami Heat, as good as a defense you're going to have to play, you really have to shoot well, especially Duncan Robinson. Oh, yeah. Meaning that in this series, you're, it's, it's, it is going to be BAM. Like, it, it's honestly, I believe it's going to be up to BAM. Uh, seeing he fans being upset with him recently for his play in this first round series with the Hawks. Um, I think that if he plays a good defensive series, then they're going to match up extremely well with the Sixers. Uh, the fouling, the foul, the foul reaching and stuff like that is not going to stop at all. James Harden's going to find a way to get to the line. Joel Embiid is nonstop going to get to the line. Um, I think as long as the Heat don't stay, as long as they stay out of foul trouble, I believe that I believe that they're, they're going to play them well. Yeah. That's, that's the key because they have the defense to do it. And as good of a player as James Harden is, I mean, the way that they guarded Trey Young, who's honestly played a lot better than James Harden this year, if you can guard one elite player like that and really just shut him down, you can do the same, especially in the next round. And also, like, my guy, my X factor for this series for the Heat is Tyler Hero. Had a great season this year. I mean, Tyler Hero only shot 18% from three-point this, you know, this past series. And maybe he isn't the greatest three-point shooter, but we know he has range. And he's not as – like, he's not as good of a three-point shooter as Duncan Robinson – but he's a pretty good three-point shooter. 18% is not acceptable, especially when you're going to have guys like Tyrese Max who can shoot. I mean, Harden we know can shoot. Even Danny Green and Tobias Harris, they can knock down shots on the perimeter. So that's a guy that's really going to have to step up because he's had a great season. Oh, yeah. He definitely has. Um, 
one thing I think is I think that uh, it will come down to I think it will come down also Victor Oladipo how he plays. I know he hasn't played a lot of the season, but in the last game, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler being out, uh, Oladipo stepped up stepped up big time. And I think if he gives them what he was able to give the Pacers or what he was even like you know eighty uh, percent of what he was able to give the Pacers, I believe that gives them like that just extra boost of you know, they have home court throughout the entire uh, Eastern playoffs. And if he can be just 80%, he will give them that major boost off the bench of, you know, a scoring threat and a defensive presence. I agree. Like, it's crucial for them. They really need that to pan out. And then another, you know, the other Eastern Conference series that I was very, very surprised with. Maybe I I saw the Celtics beating the Nets, to be honest, because – I wasn't sure how the Nets dynamic would be. I mean, Kyrie, KD, they haven't played together a whole lot this season. The Ben Simmons saga is just another level of stress to them. I mean, they got swept. They played really bad. This was the worst basketball I've ever seen Kevin Durant play, to be honest. And it's really disappointing for the Nets. I mean, not for me, because, like, once again, Knicks fan, like, not, not loving the Nets. But it's just disappointing to watch two great players like KD and Kyrie pretty much go silent. And I think that speaks – on Marcus Smart, I think it speaks on Celtics' head coach, their team defense. But at the same time, KD and Kyrie are two guys that teamed up to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Like, they just have failed miserably recently. But I think the one crazy scenario and the headline of this whole thing is Ben Simmons. Like, what are your thoughts about the whole Ben Simmons situation? Because it doesn't look like he's coming back maybe soon. Apparently, the like, He's having some back issues that are related to his mental health issues. What's the deal with Ben Simmons? Like, what's your what's your take on on his value to the Nets? Like, what he can bring to them, or is it worth it for them? Um, okay, so I believe that his value to the Nets has changed since he was traded to the Nets compared to now, because as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, and I believe as far as media knows, Clutch, his uh, agency. Uh, had told the Nets that he would be able to play at the end of the season. They would be able to play going into the playoffs. Um, and as we see now, he was expected to play in game four. Uh, there were rumors about him maybe playing game three, and he sat out both those games. Um, and so I think going forward, it's like this. Um, it's like this. We have a chance to win a championship now. We got KD. We got Kyrie. We uh, were here. You're in the playoffs right now, and now next season you gotta go through a dogfight of the whole season, and you gotta get to the playoffs, and then you know it's like we're here now. Let's do this now, and you know next season they'll run back, but they had their chance this season, and you know you only have a tight window. Yeah, no, the window is definitely tight. I mean, KD is not young anymore. Kyrie's not young. You don't know how many years they really have left, especially KD with his injury. You don't know, like he has, he struggled to stay healthy sometimes. Kyrie's been a little bit inconsistent this season. So I think the Nets, it's going to look really bad on them if they don't at least make to the finals, at least. Like, they really just have not even gone to the Eastern Conference Finals yet. And with a team like that, you really expect them to. But they've just come up short. So it was a very surprising series for me. I think the Celtics have a great thing going. And then the last thing before we wrap this up, then the Bucks. Celtics defense has been really good. So they're going to put a lot of pressure on Giannis. Giannis's buddy. His running mate, Chris Middleton, won't be there for the beginning of the series, probably for a lot of it. So how much of an effect will that play 
on the Bucks because now it's Giannis, then your second option's Chris um Drew Holiday instead of Chris Middleton. I think that changes some stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially when um you're coming into the series against the Celtics that you already knew would be a uh you know scary for you offensively. And you need guys, you need guys who can shoot the ball. You're gonna need guys who can hit the mid-range. You got Giannis who can drive in, you got Brooke Lopez in the paint. You need guys who can shoot. You need guys who can create their own shots against this defense. And without Chris Middleton, you're running out of options out there. So I think it's huge because it was already a big factor of of this this offense is this offense has the potential to be shut down by this defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the defense is just so good that like every one of the offense is gonna have to step up. Absolutely. Um one thing about the Celtics that I think is important is they're not only a defensive team, you know, like everybody has on their defense and talks about how amazing they are and how, how great they are. And honestly, they have great, insane individual defensive players and all around their defensive team, but their offense is, their offense is good too. Their offense stacks up there with the best of them in the last like two or three months as well. Um, so I think just when you go toe to toe, if you look at, you know, uh, the lineups just facing off one on one. I, I, without Chris Middleton, honestly, I can't see, I can't see the Bucks taking this more than, more than six games. I think that he's so important to their team that you're gonna need some monster performances out of Giannis and the rest of the role players. I think if you want to match up against the Celtics. And then my last question for you before we wrap up this podcast is, who is your pick for the NBA Finals champion this year? For me, it's the Warriors. I think that. They're almost like under the radar, but they're back. I feel like they're back. They're hungry. It's the same group. They have so much experience going to these later rounds, plus the emergence of Jordan Poole, and they're deep. So I'm going to go with the Warriors. Who's your pick? Okay, so um, originally I had the Suns and Bucks in the finals. Um, I think that I, I still have, I still think the Suns are going to win. I think the Suns are the deepest team in the NBA. I think that they are the best team in the NBA. They have been all season. Uh, they're the only team in the NBA this season to win 60 games. Um, so I have the Suns. I have the Suns going over the Warriors, and then I have the Suns winning in the NBA Finals. All right. that Yeah, that's really fair. But that's it for this episode of Crunch Time. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you guys have a great rest of the way watching the NBA playoffs. We're going to get some great basketball in these later rounds. Hopefully we get an amazing Finals matchup, and we will see you guys next time.